The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? what is up folks this is the redneck tech podcast you may be confused as to why i red velvet am starting this episode instead of your faithful and loyal host caleb copeland and that is because caleb is on daddy duty and so Clay and I are taking the reins of the podcast today and doing it just the two of us. We apologize in advance. If you've been watching the live stream, you will know that we have been being berated and uh, apparently it's amateur hour. So you guys who are listening get to join in um, amateur hour with us, but hopefully it's a fun amateur hour, you know? Kind of like a slow pitch softball game. It's fun to watch. It's fun to play, uh, but definitely not professional. And I think that's kind of what we're going for here today. Oh, definitely not professional. Furthest thing from professional. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, usually we try to stream these on Instagram Live and on YouTube simultaneously. And, uh, so every once in a while, we will take questions and comments from the folks who are watching live. Um, but today, the topic I thought we would cover is sparking creativity as well as getting over um, editor's block or creativity block and stuff like that. I know that when I was first starting, that was definitely something that I had not experienced before, uh, needing to be creative on a consistent basis. Um, and the first few times I kind of ran into, Hey, how do I spark my creativity? How do I come up with new ideas? How do I, um, get over editor's block or videographer's block or photographer's block or whatever you want to call it? Um, I, I kind of didn't really know how to navigate those situations. So, um, I figured today we would talk a little bit about kind of where both of us find some of our creativity, find some of our inspiration, um, how we go about that process, and uh, then we'll talk about editor's block. Uh, this is episode 112? Correct. Clay knew that. I did not know that. Um, is the Instagram live off again? That would be also correct. Do you want to go fix it real quick? You might have to just put my phone on never lock, I guess. Well, you can start. And by the Since. time I have something uh, worth saying, I'll be back. <laughs> the Instagram Live has been giving us trouble. So if you guys uh, want to watch on live, I would say the best place to watch is on YouTube, not Instagram. We do the Instagram Live, but definitely YouTube is the preferred place. Um. So I guess the first half or majority of the topic we're going to talk about is um, where, t 
No one is going to comment with on Ryer saying it's fun to watch slow pitch softball. I think it's fun to watch slow pitch softball. I mean, they got games where people are just kind of running around doing crazy stuff. So, hey. I would say that watching this is probably just as exciting as watching slow pitch softball, which is to say it's not that exciting. But it's a little exciting. It's something to do. And y'all are here. And I think that... uh, That's what counts. I think that says a lot. So, Clay. Right. Where would you say that you find some, like, motivation or inspiration or influence for kind of creativity? Um, a lot of it's in the song. Mm-hmm. Like, there, I mean, there's times that I know I'll be editing something and it's going to be a slower-paced video or a faster-paced video, and it's going to have transitions and things like that. But a lot of it, I'll, we'll be sitting here listening to music on our subscription-based websites, trying to find a song. And for whatever reason, I'll hear a song, and then I'm automatically like seeing certain shots I know I have fitting perfectly in certain parts of the song. And that's where, like, we're editing something right now, or I guess I am. You've been busy doing other stuff today, but um, and I had never heard the song until last week, and you and Caleb had found it a week or two earlier, and had kind of already been visualizing what you're going to do with it. And I'm sure what I have thrown in there is completely opposite, other than the footage being used. But the way I'm using it is completely different than the way you two would do it because you've had two weeks to think about it, but. It's literally been in premiere, and the footage I've have, I'm just throwing in it, and for whatever reason, it just seems like when I edit something, whenever I pull a certain clip in, it always ends up being somewhere near the perfect part of the song where it needs to be, and everything else flows around it. Yeah, I think that, especially for a lot of our projects, they're very, 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 very music-driven, um, and I know that most of my work has been really music driven and we all put a lot of time into choosing music. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons. Um, well, and it's like, I've wanted to use this analogy for a long time, but people don't realize how important the audio side of video is. Mm-hmm. Like there's people listening right now, driving in their vehicle and they're listening to audio with no video and they're enjoying it. Right. But if you put this live stream in someone's face and muted it, they absolutely couldn't stand watching it. Like, yeah, they audio, stick around. Yeah, the audio is crucially important, and I think you can take some really boring dialogue and make it somewhat bearable to watch with a good song, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I mean, you could take anything and put a cool song underneath it and edit to that song and make it at least watchable, make it at least interesting. I think, yep. Um, you know, so I would say kind of the same thing for me as far as music goes. Uh, I get a lot of creativity from listening to the songs, um, you know, as you're working through those royalty-free sites, kind of thinking in your head, okay, what would the footage look like to this music? How would I use the footage um, to this song? Does this song match the mood I'm going for? Um you know, is it fun? Is it sad? Is it slow? Is it fast? 
and kind of taking some of the cues from the music, mixing them with the footage that you know you have and kind of the scene that you're trying to make and the mood that you're going for and kind of melding them together. And it almost, like you said, it kind of feels like when you find the right song and you have the video that you need, they almost kind of feel like they just fit together. It's kind of a weird... It's not forced. Right. It's not forced. And it's all, It's not like we made it fit together 100%. Like, it just kind of feels like it comes together. Um, and it's hard to kind of explain that if you haven't experienced that. But um, I think that a song really drives a lot of creativity and helps kind of... Um, drive some of your creative choices and it'll give you um, like a certain part of a song may make you think, Oh, I wonder I could do that with the song. Like the song is doing this right here. What if I found a piece of footage that lined up with this or made a few cuts that lined up with this or really tried to use the song and the footage to emphasize that moment. And another way you can, if you're not, say you're just getting into videography or you've been filming for a long time and you're just now starting to edit, um, you can definitely, the way you shoot can drive your creativity when you get back into editing. Mm-hmm. Like if you've only only shot your whole life or your whole career and you just hand the footage off to someone else, you're not always sure what you can do with your exact shots. But knowing out in the field, what you can do with each specific shot you've gotten when you get back into the editing room helps out a lot too. And I know Caleb watches a lot of movies and he takes a lot of his inspirations for things mm-hmm. from movies. And I'm a big, I don't want to say like vlog a guy, but I watch a lot of YouTube. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even have a TV at my house cause all I watch is YouTube. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my inspiration comes from like, the YouTube filmmaker type people. And a lot of it can also come from your background. Like I have a couple of people who have messaged me on Instagram. Hey man, I've been doing photography for a long time. I understand a camera and composition and things like that, but I'm having an issue getting motion into my shots. Mm-hmm. And that's not because they don't know how to shoot. They're just used to still images. Right. Um, and I know you and Caleb both know, I love a gimbal and a slider. Mm-hmm. Well, that's back to, me starting out doing weddings and real estate. Mm-hmm. Like I love smooth, perfect motion in my shots. And I think it's because of that reason. So a lot of it can be a lot of your creativity can be sparked from just what you're used to doing or what you're used to seeing. Yeah. I would say that's true. Cause like you said, you got your starts with um, weddings and real estate where you really have access to and use those tools. I got my start on a, um, just a handheld camera and spot and stock hunts so all of my all of kind of what i'm used to has been spot and stock really on the move run and gun sort of stuff and i'm a big handheld guy clay and i were just having this conversation he was like we should put this on a slider and really step up the youtube live game and <laughs> well, I was we, like, ha- we have an automatic slider that if we can ever figure out how to do it it'll slide back and forth automatically and stay rotated and framed on us in theory, maybe one of one, theory. maybe one of these days when we have a more permanent setup, we can mess around with it. But like he's excited to do that. I yeah. could I could take or leave a slider. I I had a slider for 
two weeks at my disposal, and I took it out one time. I got frustrated with how long it took to set up shots with it. Well, that one, also I didn't have the I didn't have a head for it, and so that was kind of a little bit of a stumbling block. But like, I would rather I would rather almost just handhold or put it on a tripod if I really want something still. Yeah. And again, that's because that's what I'm used to. But and a lot of that is stylistically too. Like yeah. if you want. If you're doing like a talking head interview with someone in the field and you want it to look more in the moment, 100% handheld. Mm-hmm. If you want it to look like a sit down, I'm asking you questions type interview, 100% tripod. So yeah. it's all, that's that's another way you can be, like I said, be creative or stylistic, just as simple as handheld or or with a tripod. So it's it can be super simple or it can go super deep. Always. Uh, Romer Media on YouTube says, he says, F copyrights. I make my stories to what music inspires me. Even if I make no money, the money will come when the fan base builds. Um, I wish we could do my that. Step, my stepbrother's like that. He's starting a fitness uh, podcast and like IGTV type thing. Mm-hmm. And the first like four songs he edited to, or he had me edit to, or like TI's, some of TI's most popular songs. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, because if you ever make it big, which he probably won't, but if you ever make it big, like, you can't monetize this. So, yeah, the song's cool, but pay your $16 a month. You get millions of more songs, and uh, you, you're not tied down to what you already know that you've listened to. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a good point there, though, is if you are starting out or maybe you're in a little bit of a rut or you just want to try something new, Take a song that you like and make an edit to it. You may not be able to put it anywhere. You may not be able to, like, make money off of it, but you could show your friends, and it's a fun kind of thing to do to try to make a edit to maybe a different type of song that you normally wouldn't use or a song that you really like and feel like could fit something. I got a few songs that I kind of want to mess around and do that with um, whenever I get a little extra time to mess around. Uh just to make something a little different and to use some songs that I enjoy just to kind of have fun with it. And I think that's a, that's a big part of creativity is finding the fun and having fun with it. When I was a teaching assistant in college, one of the things we would do is a lot of our classes were two hour classes. So we would, the school had a subscription to epidemic sound. Mm Mm-hmm. So the professor and I would go in and say we had 25 kids in the class. We'd pick 25 songs, download them, type their names up, go down the roster alphabetically, and and, uh, assign them a song. Hey, you have two hours to edit to this song. Mm -hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's the only song you get. Use any footage you shot ever that you want, but it has to be that song. Kind of like a you didn't get to choose it, but you're stuck with it type of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'd be a cool exercise. Yeah. Um, I guess creativity also I just love listening to music so I just listen to a lot of music and kind of things come to my head um, I would say another way to spark creativity and kind of find inspiration is your standard outside sources um, so that's going to be your TV your movies your Instagram your YouTube your where, wherever you like to consume content um, you can, you can use it to, to kind of fuel creativity. 
I know that before I started in this line of work, I just watched things for to watch them. I didn't think about anything. Um, now when I watch something, and this is now I'm cursed with this for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Now when I watch something, I'm looking at how are they shooting it? How are they editing it? I'm, I'm kind of thinking about how am I feeling in these moments and what things are they doing to make me feel that way? What kind of music are they, are they using? What kind of shots and movement and like, what are all the things that they're doing in this piece of content? Um, and what pieces do I like? What maybe could I take and, and use in my own work and maybe what stuff don't I like? so that I can be like, oh, I don't really like that. I'm not going to use that. Um, and I do that constantly. I mean, everything that I'm consuming, I'm, I'm thinking about those things. I took my then-girlfriend to watch the whatever most recent Avengers movie it came out is. Yeah. And uh, she got up and left in the middle of the movie because I was out, I was <laughs> out loud making notes to how they were getting certain shots. Like, out loud this loudly not like to myself out loud but like to where <laughs> she could hear me out loud and she legitimately got up and left but we have an instagram question if we want to ask it and answer it well i think <laughs> I, th- I think that needs to be a disclaimer like if you're gonna work in this industry and you're gonna create content whether you like it or not you will become like this and you, it and you're gonna like want to voice these things so if you ever watch something with somebody you kind of just got to give them a warning and be like, hey, look. Um, this is how it's going to be, and there's no changing it. Yeah. I'm sorry I hyperanalyze every piece of content <laughs> that I watch. Uh, you either love that or you hate that. Oh, it's awful. Like, well, it's got It got me out of watching The Bachelor, though, and The Bachelorette. Well, because I did that on purpose. So, oh. So, we, were, we, so were, I w- we would sit there in our living room with my dad and – We'd watch something. He's like, oh, man, that, that was a cool shot. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I'd pause the movie and, like, explain to him in five minutes how he would do it. He's like, I don't need your explanation. I don't care. I was just saying it was a cool shot. Play the movie. It's like, <laughs> already. Yeah, I made a conscious and concerted effort that, like, the couple times that I was basically forced to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I analyzed it mercilessly. And basically pointed out all the things that the producers were doing to create this reality and that none of it was real, all of it was fake, and I just did that incessantly. Completely until, ruined it. Yeah, yeah. After two times of that, I was they they never wanted me to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette with it. Oh yeah. Again. Once you film <laughs> and or edit something that is quote reality, reality T V is completely ruined for you. Yeah. And anyone else you explain it to. Exactly. So the moral of this note is, and we'll get to that Instagram question here real quick uh, right after this, right after I wrap up this little note point, is go consume content. Go consume content that you'll know you like. Go try to watch and consume content that's different, that you haven't consumed before from different genres, um, from different sources, and really just try to watch it with an open mind and an analytical mind and see if there's things that you can take from that that you can use in your own work. Um, and I think that 
you know, you do that and you'll find a lot of things that motivate and inspire and spark creativity. Um, what was the, what was the Instagram question? Uh, Backcountry Rookies asked, do you watch more than just hunting videos on YouTube for inspiration, snowboarding, mountain biking, etc.? Yeah, so I would say m- most of my inspiration comes from outside of the hunting industry. Um, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. First, uh, as many of you know, I didn't grow up a hunter. I didn't grow up in um, the hunting industry or watching hunting shows or anything like that. So um, I don't have the background of that stuff. So a lot of the things I like uh, to consume aren't necessarily in the hunting industry. Now, as I've started working in it, um, I definitely consume more of it now. And I find a lot of enjoyment in content from the hunting industry. But the other reason that a lot of my stuff, inspiration comes from outside sources is uh, I spend all day looking at hunting stuff. And so when I get home, I kind of want to look at something different, you know? Um, And the other thing is, once you get outside of the hunting industry, and Caleb has talked about this, the budgets and the time frames that these guys get to work on and work with are just so much bigger than ours. And uh, they get to do some really cool, different, high production value stuff. And that's what I'm really into. I love high production value. Um, I love like really well done documentaries. I love really, really, really well done shows, uh, like, you know, narrative shows and stuff like that. And so I think that kind of watching those guys who are on a whole other level is really inspiring to me. And I see kind of some of the stuff they do and it's like, well, I probably won't have the time or the budget to do something like that, but how can I take this concept? How can I take these shots? How can I take this out of the other and apply it to some of the projects that I'm working on? Um, so I, for me personally, I would say that most of my um, content consumption, like I would probably say 85% or more are things, like you said, um, outside of the hunting industry. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Clay? Yeah, like like a lot of those Red Bull films, mm-hmm. ridiculous budgets and production. I watch a lot of like fishing and um, like scuba diving, spear fishing films. Because the fishing budgets are through the roof. Those are always amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch a lot of golf films. I know that doesn't sound like it would be a thing. I watch a lot of cycling films, which yeah. wouldn't sound like it'd be a thing yeah. either. I watch <laughs> a lot of golf films because a lot of those are like subject-based. Like it's a, it's not about golf. It's about the person inside mm-hmm. golf. So a lot of it is like profile-based. So those are really good narrative. And the golf, I've worked on a golf a few golf shoots and those budgets are astronomical. Yeah. Uh, we we did a six day sh- budgets are not. We I did a, a shoot with the PGA tour. I was just a I was a nobody, but I was there. Um six day shoot for a thirty second commercial. Yeah. Those those are th- everything they were all area Alexas. Every camera was an area Alexa mini. A man can dream. Mm. Um <laughs> call me um not manly, uh oh. But I watch a lot of wedding films. Okay. Um, just because the cinema cinematography and a lot of them and the higher end ones, um, is really good. Um, 
but really, yeah, a lot of fishing, a lot of golf, a lot of weddings. Like I have, I have a wedding coming up this week, and I haven't shot one in 2020 because of Corona. So I've been watching corona. a lot, been watching a lot of those over mm-hmm. the weekend, getting the inspiration back. So I'm not trying to handhold camera in your face all the time like I have yeah. been the past four or five months. So. It's a whole different discipline. Yep. And a lot of it is like if I know I have a project coming up, I'll watch stuff that'll not inspire me, but get me in the mindset for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of. My YouTube suggestion goes back and forth between a few things. My YouTube algorithm is broken. It's, all, it's always broken. It doesn't know what I want to watch, which is good. Um, we'll go through a few YouTube comments here while we're on it. Uh, Red Forest Outdoors, a.k.a. Jared. Um, says that he used a stock song from Adobe Premiere and it got flagged on YouTube, uh, and YouTube didn't even ask about it. And then they he had to upload proof. Yeah, YouTube's um, YouTube's content flagging system is annoying. Garbage. It's half baked, and there's not really a whole ton you can do about it. There's not um, a single wedding video I have posted that has not gotten flagged from. YouTube. Yeah, I think basically what happens and the way I understand it is that you've got, you know, a royalty free music site that we pay for and we have the rights to all of these songs. Um, But other people also pay for it and they also have the rights. So invariably you get multiple videos with the same soundtrack and all that YouTube is doing is crawling uh, through these videos with their little YouTube internet bots. Um, basically looking for content that matches other content. And when they see, oh, this song is the same as this song, that must mean that it's not original, so we're going to flag it. And then you have to appeal it, and then it's a pain. And there's nothing you could do about it. So it just is what it is. Um, Romer Media said, don't forget you can't be creative if you don't get up and take the camera outside. I started out filming anything and everything uh, then I put the clips together to build a story when I got to editing. Yeah, uh, I would definitely agree with that. The best way to learn and the best way to get better and the best way to just be creative is to go out there and do it. And try just, and try new things. If you do yeah. the same thing all the time, you're going to get the same result all mm-hmm. the time. So. I have a note about that later on. Look at me. Go, Clay. Caleb, who is watching the show that I suggested to him, uh, said in last chance you I love how they hold too long on the end of intimate interviews sucks you in yeah um, I I've talked about it probably the past five uh, podcasts that we've been on and I keep talking about it because I love the series it's amazing um, but the series is last chance you and I've been drawing a lot of inspiration from it lately uh, and it's at its core, a very simple docu-series about uh, these community colleges where kids go to play, hopefully to get picked up by a D1 program. It's called Last Chance U because for a lot of these kids, it's their last chance to try to get to a D1 program. Or only chance. Or their only chance. And um, there is just a... It, it, it's done so well, and it's done so simply... And the stories are so good, and the way that they shot and produced and edited it is so excellent that I just keep going back and watching it and watching it and watching it and dissecting it and trying to figure out how I can bring that level of production and storytelling into some of my work. 
Um, if you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. Um, my favorite season so far, and I've watched, I think, three seasons, was the um, the one in Oakland. I really like that, especially because I used to live close to that area in California for the four years I lived in California after I moved there from growing up in Colorado. I have to put that there or else Caleb will be like, oh, he's from California. Uh, but I used to live in some of the areas that they talked about and some of the kids are from. So that's why I like that one. But it's I, really well done, and you should definitely watch it. I went through a lot of Blue Stem footage today, and Blue Stem kind of has that. I, Blue Stem has that type of last chance you feel, where the only produced thing is the interviews. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like, I don't want to say as it happens, but they're ready for it when the important stuff happens. Blue Stem kind of has that feel. So. It's going to make me cry. It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> Speaking of Blue Stem, Caleb wants us to talk about what inspired the truck scenes in Blue Stem. Ooh, so, that, that's only because it was his idea. Well, I think but the, <laughs> that's, believe it or not, out of all four episodes, and Caleb has said this that's to me repeatedly. Be, that's the best episode. That's Caleb's favorite. Hold Would on. you say it's the best? 100%. I, well, depends on what, if you're looking for stuff to die, no, that's not the best episode. But Blue Stem isn't about things dying. Well, yes, but as far episode as... Episode 4 is based... This is what Episode 4 is. Episode 4 is all of the ducks and geese dying. And that's us being like, thank you for putting up with three episodes where we don't show you what we know you guys originally came here to see. Now we'll give it to you. And it's even better because you watched the first three yeah. parts and now you're invested. So, yes, the best hunting killing episode is the last one but i think as far as storyline and using all of the different producers that you guys had because i wasn't a part of that project i hadn't started working here yet that yes as far as production yes that was the best in my opinion i think it was a really good episode and the inspiration for that episode which is what caleb wants us to talk about was a um was a netflix series called Shot in the Dark. I almost said Night Stalker or Night Crawler, but that's a movie based around kind of the same-ish concept. Um, so if you like Shot in the Dark, you could go watch that movie, and that one's cool. A little different, but same concept. Shot in the Dark is a docuseries following a bunch of um, either freelance or kind of... Uh, they they kind of work. They have a couple of companies, and basically, it's it. They're stringers, which are dudes who um, gather content and footage from things that happen in in L.A. or big cities. So basically, these guys roam around all night police, with police they, scanners yep. and um, eye, eyes and ears on dispatches and stuff like that, listening for accidents, <clears throat> fires, traffic jams anything that could be newsworthy. And as soon as they kind of hear something, they take off, they go film it, and then they sell that footage to the news outlets who use it in the news programs. And there's a, it's very high speed, uh, it's very high stress, and there's a bunch of dudes competing for getting the best footage and getting it to the networks the fastest so that they can make money. Um, and Caleb when he was watching that immediately thought of, well, I don't know if he watched that first and then thought of the scene, the episode for blue stem or the other way around. But anyways, um, for those of you who do a lot of waterfowling, 
you'll know that scouting is a huge part of success in killing birds. And for these guide outfits, you you basically have dudes spread out all across the, the, the area looking for birds, looking for ducks and geese, and trying to get permission on land, trying to figure out where they're going to hunt the next day. And it's basically just high-speed chaos. And so we wanted a way to cover that. And so the inspiration kind of for how we shot and how we edited that came from um, that Shot in the Dark series where they basically put a couple producers, one or two, I don't know how many, in a car with these stringers, and they just go. And they film everything as it happens, and they're jumping back and forth between cars. They cut to an interview here. Um, they got a lot of shots outside the cars, a lot of really cool shots inside the cars, and it just sucks you in. And it gives you that feeling of adrenaline and speed. Um, it's fluff fest. It's a fluff fest now. Oh, that's ADHD for you. I was in the middle of a sentence, and I saw Caleb's comment. Um, but basically, we were just trying to kind of take that concept and apply it to something in the hunting industry. And I think that we did a pretty good job with it. Was that his nice way of saying you were rambling? Probably. Yeah, I do that. That'll happen. Um, let's move on to another kind of way to spark creativity. And I would say this is something that I've definitely found uh, in the past year um, especially is working with other people, especially other creatives. Um, everybody has their own way of doing things. Everybody has kind of their own passions. Everybody has their different experiences, different skill levels, um, different ways of shooting and editing and producing. And it's super cool when you can team up with another creative and kind of see how they do things and kind of take some of that stuff and almost be like, oh, I like how they do that. Or, oh, I saw them do this. That was pretty cool. I'm going to try to do that. And really just just work with them. And, and I think that's been a large source of, of creativity for me. Um, and it just basically comes back to exposing yourself to a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to add to that? No, not really. I mean, I've definitely worked with more, a bigger variety of people this year than I have in the past. Um, And I wouldn't say, I would say almost all of us have different, I don't want to say shooting styles, but way of doing things. But the outcome is is pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of gives you that, I don't want to say knowledge, but just knowing that there's multiple ways of getting the same. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'll c- come back to me. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's going to be productive when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the difference between Clay and I is I just keep talking until yeah, eventually I find it. Uh, and Clay is like, no, come back to me. I will like you can it. give the same project with the same end result to three or four different people. It'll be done completely different, mm-hmm. but it'll still be almost the same project in the end. That's what I've always, that's what I've wanted us to do is all three of us attack the same project 
with we all have the same subject. We all film it our own way and edit it our own way. But everything else is the same. Subject, scenery, song, everything. Could be cool. And see, just see how different it, I know how it would turn out, but. Yeah. Yeah. Could but, be cool. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody just has a different way of doing things. And literally nobody does anything the same. Nobody shoots the same. Nobody edits the same. Nobody draws, like, the same inspiration. Nobody has the same background. And so when you can get a group of people or just even another person um, next to you, it almost just multiplies the creative energies. So anytime you all get a chance to work with other people, jump on it. Um, It's always a good time. It's always fun. You always learn a lot and uh, make some friends and you know, draw some inspiration and creativity, um, from that. Um, I also have, I like books. I don't read as much as I used to. Thanks to my cross eye makes it difficult sometimes. Um, but I found a few editing books that I've read through and those have really helped me with editing. Um, and like a lot of like really nerdy kind of film breakdowns and stuff like that. I would mm-hmm. say those are other sources of inspiration and creativity for me. A lot of things, going back to the whole YouTube thing, I watch a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so much as how they get specific shots, but how they set up for those shots. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a guy on YouTube called Shane, Hur- Shane Hurlbutt, um, and he's, like, he's, a, he's done a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Um, And he does, it's a free online academy, basically just on his YouTube channel. And he does a bunch of like instructional stuff, but he puts the final product footage from the movie in it. Um, And I enjoy his stuff a lot. A lot of lighting, a lot of outdoor lighting, which for us is helpful. I learned a lot from that. More shading than than things. Um, But yeah, a lot of behind the scenes stuff is what I like to watch too. But I geek out about that. Yeah, I think we all do. Definitely. You have to be a little bit of a nerd to do this. I don't care who you are. I think that if you ask anybody who does this, if they're a little bit of a nerd, I think they would all say yes. Yes, 100%. I'm a lot of a nerd, but that's just me. Um, is there? Do you think we missed any sources of creativity? Um, or ways you Let's see. We covered music. We covered... You know where I come up with a lot of ideas? In the shower. Just for no reason. I have no idea why. I'll just be in the shower and my brain will be like, that that would be a cool idea. So I guess, you know, if you ever really need an idea, just jump in the shower for 30 minutes. See, that that's never really, like those random just aha moments for me, they never, I think I've had like one ever. Have you ever been told that you're ADHD? <laughs> that could be it. I, if you don't know already, I have a lot of ADHD. I think one. So way, I think that might be it. My brain just kind of does it. I think one way you could spark your creativity is kind of goes along with the working with other people, mm-hmm. but just watching other people. Yeah, like literally just watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the first time I watched Caleb do sit down interviews was in Florida with yeah. with Brian and Billy, turkey hunting. And I learned more just from that 12 or 14 minutes that we interviewed Billy and Brian than I had from any podcast he ever talked about 
interviews, any video I've ever watched about interviews, any yeah. any set of interviews I've ever watched. Like literally being there, um, I learned more doing that than I ever had all the other things combined. So I think just going and watching, almost being a shadow, mm-hmm. is, is good too. Yeah, experience is the best teacher. And definitely trying to be with people who have more skill than you or a different skill than you or a different way of doing things than you and just watching and seeing how they do it, seeing the final product and really trying to understand, okay, this is why they do it that way. This is what happens when you do it that way. Um, And, I mean, we're continually doing that with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got a built-in I don't know. I have have no desire to learn to edit how you edit. (laughs) Absolutely. I have zero (laughs) desire I mean, I have desired to learn to be how good you are at editing, but the way you do it, absolutely not. That was a backhanded compliment if that, I've ever heard that one. That gives me the most... What I, is wrong with the way I that, edit? That's the type what do you of, hate about it? I want... The fact... You don't let anything play. So ADHD. Like, Caleb always talks about he has a five to ten second timer when he's filming. You have like a four second timer when you edit. <laughs> that video... you That timeline never scrubs for more than seven to eight seconds, and then you're going right back and doing it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I cannot do it. I have to watch like a 15 to 30 second spurt of it, like to get the flow of it. Oh, the way you edit gives me it. That stuff wakes me up at night. <laughs> I can't. Uh, uh-uh. Caleb says ADHD is a hell of a drug. Oh, it is. My God, it is. I can't. <laughs> we'll sit there and like, you'll be, you'll see. I, I don't, I hate, I hate you hate watching. the way we edit. You edit. Cause it's like, oh, <laughs> stop. Stop. I've already seen what well, I need to I was see. Working on, I was working on the stuff today, and Caleb will like this. I was like, hey, you want to come in and watch this? Look, do it. And he's like, yeah. And he walks in, and the first thing I do is I take the mouse directly <laughs> off the table because I know if that mouse is sitting there, he's going to stop and do something. I'm like, just tell me just tell me what you don't like, and I can fix it. But you're Because you go to click on one thing, and 15 minutes later, everything's completely different. <laughs> I've been called out. I knew well, I was going to get flamed. I knew I was well, going to get flamed. By I didn't you say Caleb. I didn't say you were bad. I said you were. I said I aspired to be as good as you. I just don't aspire to be as don't, good as you at the way you do it. Don't fluff me up like that. Don't lie like that. <laughs> on just trying to get brownie points. You're just trying to get brownie points. Wow. Um, let's see. Force outdoors says that's why I keep a right in the rain pad in, in my shower. I need to do that. Um, Caleb says he's full of ideas. He keeps a running notes on his phone anytime. Yeah, Caleb has a giant note sheet of ideas. Giant. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, Caleb says, tie Ryer in a corner with an unfinished timeline and duct tape his mouth. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrific. I just, I can't. We had our production class. Oh, God. And him <sighs> and the four people that were in there with them. You're, we're you're we're exposing all of we're us. We're supposed to make a one minute Rambo video, and I think it took them twelve hours. But it was freaking dope. I didn't. I once again, I didn't say you sucked. Freak, I said the way dope. you do it sucks. <laughs> you just. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I understand the way. The way that you guys edit and organize gives me anxiety. The way I do it gives no, you all anxiety. The way you organize does not give me anxiety. The way Caleb organizes gives me anxiety. His organization wakes me up at night. The way you edit wakes <laughs> me up at night. It's just a nightmare all along. Oh, Caleb says, hence the flammable sign. 
Yeah, uh, there's a new addition to my office. You know the flammable signs that they put on the back of trucks carrying flammable things? I found one, and I put it on the door of my office. And it's, <laughs> and it's not for a ginger reference. It's because his edits are fire. Yeah, it was. It's kind of both. It kind of serves both purposes. Um. Anyways, now that we've went down that rabbit hole, uh, I want to talk quickly. Yeah, I say quickly. I'm just going to call myself out. That never happens. Uh, we're only at 45 minutes on the actual podcast, which isn't bad. No, not at all. Um, let's talk about. You found one. Well, yeah, I was at the I was at the thrift store. And that's where I found it. Like, I didn't order that specifically. I was at the thrift stop, thrift store, antique shop, whatever you want to call it. Um, just looking around, getting some records, as I do, because I guess I'm a hipster. Um, and I found that. I also found, I also found a table that said Little Debbie's on it. The whole table that has Little Debbie written across the top. I almost got it. Is that the one over? Almost, my, is that the one over by my place? Yeah, it's the one right off that roundabout there. Um, I Caleb says he figured I stole it. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Sometimes, usually, I don't steal things. I just forget to look at speed limits. I don't think that's a crime. <laughs> Were workers present in that construction zone? That <laughs> makes me feel bad because I wouldn't have been speeding in a construction zone. I was really tired, okay? I was really tired. I had cruise control on. and uh, That's what got you. Yeah, and it wasn't like I was going 80 through the whole thing. It had literally just started, Change and, you and Mr. Cop was right there. Of course he was. That's his, so, that's his job. Yeah, it's not as bad as you're making it sound. It's not great, but it's not bad. I'm not proud of that. Not proud of that. Um what was I talking about? The last thing you wanted to talk about. Oh, so the last thing I want to talk about was editor's block, creative blocks in general, and especially editing. I feel like I've gotten more editor's block than anything else. I think when you're on a shoot, um, you you can kind of default, and you kind of have to work through things, and you have other people there. And I haven't found as – have you gotten, like, videographer or photographer's block? Photographer's block, um, not so much. I will get editor's block if I work on a project too long. That's what I'm saying. The only thing, the only thing that helps me is either getting up and walking away mm -hmm. or having someone come in and say, there is something wrong with this. I don't know what it is. Tell me what's wrong with it. And then usually the two or three things they tell me that they don't like or that they would fix sparks me. Yeah, but most of the time, right, most right of the time, it's getting up and walking away. So, those are ba those are two or three of my points. So we'll expand on them. He hasn't even looked at the notes. He's just following the script. Look at that, just like fist bump, just like in school, never looking Boom. at the notes. Yeah, me either. I never took notes, but neither did I. I also don't have a college degree, so do with that oh. information what you will. Well, I have two, and look where it's gotten me in life. I think this is a pretty good place. Well, it is, but neither de neither degree I have has anything to do with what I'm doing. Look at so. where it got me, sitting next to that guy <laughs> who doesn't have a college degree, and he has a cross eye. But a bomb beard, so. Hey, you got to take the wins <laughs> with the losses. Um, 
So when I first started out, I remember the first couple of times that I got editor's block. And it was just me in an office. And I hated the edit. And I didn't know why I hated it. And I got really stressed out because I was like, this is the worst. I'm the worst. I should quit now and never show my face in these parts again because clearly I don't have the skills to do this. And I had no idea like, how to work through it. I just didn't like the edit. I couldn't think of what else to do. I couldn't like think of why I didn't like it. And I would just get stuck. For like days, I would be like this. And I'd go like try to, I'd do all these things that we just talked about to try to spark creativity. And like I would still kind of come back to the same thing. Whereas like I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's wrong. I just don't. I hate it and I don't know why. Uh, and then you kind of like beat yourself up about it. And I remember kind of trying to figure out, like I went to Google, I started asking people like, am I the only one who gets like this or like, do other people get like this? And you know, the universal response was, yeah, that's like a normal thing. And there's basically three things like what you said is walking away from it. Um, forcing yourself to just work through it or getting input. And I'll just kind of go over just the basics of those things. Um, the first thing is force, like forcing yourself to work through something. Uh, and this is especially relevant when you're starting a new project and you don't have anything yet, or you're starting a new scene and like, you can't figure out really what you want to do. You can't figure out what direction, what mood, what music, and you're just like stuck in this endless loop of trying to figure out how you want this scene or this piece to go. Um, and I'm a pretty big perfectionist. Like I really want things to be perfect. And so like, I used to not start things or I would stop as soon as I felt like it wasn't perfect anymore. And I, I've since found that I have to force myself to lay clips in the timeline. I have to force myself to pick a song, even if I don't think it's the best song. I need to pick a song. I need to go to my bin, and I need to start pulling clips down and make a scene. And I have to tell myself, hey, you might throw this scene out. This scene might suck. You have to be okay with that, and you have to just keep, keep doing it. Lay a first cut down. Lay a rough cut down. And you can throw it all away later. But you have to lay something down. You're almost forcing yourself to figure out what's not going to work first. Yeah. And you're you're allowing yourself the, the wiggle room to be okay with it not working out the first time. And that's fine. Like, a lot of times, the first cut may not be what you want it to be. You may come back. You may change the song. You may change how the clips are. You may change the feel, whatever. But if you sit there and you, like, run around in your head trying to figure out the best way to do it and nothing is working, you're just going to get into this cycle and nothing will end up, you won't edit it. And so the best thing that I've found is to literally just force yourself to make a cut and to lay clips down, find music and go start middle and, and then go back and figure it out. Something sometimes what I also do is if I'm one of those projects, like I have no idea how to start this. I will literally, whatever my first clip is, I'll find something from it. I like it and throw it down whatever the second clip is. And I'll literally go through like the first day's worth of footage and have a clip in the timeline 
from every one of those video files. That way I at least have something to say, okay, this can't go in, this can't go in. I need to find a way to get to here and mm-hmm. from here and why this happened. That way it may suck, but you at least know why it sucks and you can build off of that. You can't yeah. you can't build off of anything if you don't have anything there because it's just spinning. And it almost, I don't know that much about cars, so forgive me people who know about cars, but it's almost like trying to turn over an engine. Like, I don't even know really the proper terms to use, but... You like, know, if the, like, like if you're if you're turning if you're turning the key and it's clicking, the battery's clicking, it's cranking, but it won't turn over. You can at least give it gas to get it to turn over and boost the spark plugs. Yeah, is that and, where you were going? Well, I mean, kind of like you know, and I I think of like old piston airplane engines. Like you physically had to go put a crank in the engine, turn the crank, turn the crank, turn the crank, turn the crank until it got up to a certain speed, and then the engine would kick in and the props would start turning. And so that's almost what you're doing. You're almost turning that crank, turning that crank. It's hard. It doesn't feel like it's going to do anything. But eventually, your mind will kind of kick in, and then the engine will start, and boom, you're off to the races. Um, So just start. Just edit. Um, Walking away from edits. This is huge for me. Um, I have to do this a lot. I'll 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 cut a scene. It'll be pretty good, but like something's missing and I'll just like rewatch it and rewatch it and retry something, try something again, try another thing, try another thing. And you get to the point where you're like <clears throat> so exhausted trying different things and you don't know what to do to make it better, but it's still missing something. Sometimes you literally got to just like close the project, put it away, go get lunch, go home, do something else, don't think about it, and come back to it and watch it again. And I sometimes you come back and you're like, oh, that's actually pretty good. I like that. And a lot of the times it's even worse the shorter the project is. Yeah. Like if it's a 22-minute TV episode, like you have a lot of – you can and you can't figure out your first two, your first two segments of the show. You can go start working on the, the second two segments because um, most of the time completely different content. Yeah. You're working on a five to seven minute web episode, like you can only scrub through so much different content between five and seven minutes on that timeline, mm-hmm. and you get you get tired of watching it. And the more you watch it, the more you hate it, which makes you even more mad. So those that's definitely when it's beneficial just to get up and go home and don't go home and edit, don't go home and edit photos. Like just do something different other than go do something you enjoy. Go do something correct. that go like, golfing. Go, go ride your out, bike. Go ride your bike. Go golfing. Go eat some delicious food. Go do whatever. Go hang out with your buddies. Get wasted. Whatever go hunting. You like to do. <laughs> Get wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Could work. That's what you like to do. I'm not me. I'm not. No, not you. Oh, I was I'm not like, encouraging not that to the public. But <laughs> that's what you like to do. It has worked for some of if you the kn- greatest creative minds in history. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we didn't cover the 70s methods of creativity. And anybody who doesn't know what that is probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last thing is, like, getting input. And we do this constantly, uh, and it's super nice. And I know, especially for me, coming from really 
doing a lot of editing kind of in an office by myself. Um, it's, it's super nice to have people who are here who I could be like, Hey, come look at this. What do you think? And, um, you know, especially people who can be like, Oh, cut this, trim this, do this, that, and the other, like definitely build a group of people who have uh, a level of skill and a level of experience that you can send things to and they'll look at it with a critical eye and they'll, first of all, they'll be honest to tell you what isn't working, what they don't like and who can kind of guide you how to fix it a little bit, you know, Um, or just also send it to people who, you know, can just be like, yeah, that's good or no, that's bad. That's also good. Um, but yeah, Caleb said in here, it's super important. I'll read it verbatim. It's really important to have other like-minded people to bounce ideas off of and to let them watch through things with you. Yeah. Um, it is. And it, it's helped with a lot of scenes and it makes a lot of things stronger. Uh, it makes a lot of, uh, it makes a big difference, honestly. I almost feel, I almost feel like I do it too much, but I, I like to use it as a fail-safe of knowing I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to get, say I'm doing a Spy Point episode, 10 minutes long, I'm going to get two or three minutes into it, call y'all in, hey, what do you think? And if you tell me, hey, I'm bored, change something, I know, awesome, I didn't just edit eight minutes of it and y'all are bored and I got to go rebuild eight minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm only two or three minutes into it. Something needs to change, so it's much easier to redo that in two or three minutes than it is eight. Yeah. So I you almost use that as a, hey, am I wasting my time, fail-safe type of thing as well. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, like sometimes I'll think something is terrible, and I'll have like four or five people watch it, and they like it. And so then I got to kind of be like, well, and that goes, I must be up in my own head. And that goes back to the, the more you watch something, the more critical you get of it, and the more you hate it. Yeah, you're always your own worst critic, always. And your wife or girlfriend will always love everything you do, so you cannot use them as a critic. <laughs> I think you definitely just need to find people who will be honest with you. Yep. And like I do this all the time. I'll have a scene, and I will have Claire Caleb come in and look at it, and I'll be like, what do you think? And like I don't know if you guys notice this. When I call you guys in to look at a scene, I never tell you usually what the part is that I hate or like what isn't working. I usually like you guys to watch it first. And then I ask you like, what do you think? And then I'll ask, okay, well I'm having an issue with this part. What do you think of this part? Um, and I do that for two reasons. First, cause I want to get like an unbiased opinion. I don't want you guys watching for something particular. Right. Um, because you know, sometimes if you're hyper analyzing one part, um, you're looking for that one thing, you'll be looking for the thing that's wrong mm-hmm. instead of like just, watching it you may never notice it um and then afterwards being like okay so this is the part that i'm having a problem with what do you think what could i change what could be different what would you do what would what could i do to make this better to make it flow better to make it more make sense or like does it make sense does it not make sense all of those kind of things you know and for us it's kind of built in like we have all of us in the office to do that um, for those of you guys who maybe don't, find some people that you can send edits to and just text them and be like, hey, can I send you like 
this scene I've been working on. Uh, take a look at it. Let me know what you think. Yeah, y'all, you know? f- y'all feel. I like watching other people's stuff. Yeah, Ernie sent me a wedding he did the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, I absolutely love it." There's two things to do. Like nothing wrong with the edit. Two things you can do in the future to make it better that you can't fix now. Yeah, there's those two things. Yeah. So if y'all ever want to send me anything, I love watching stuff. So yeah, that goes for all of us. I mean, I think all of us are more than willing to watch y'all stuff to give you some constructive feedback and to help you guys. I mean, that's honest. That's what it's. This is all for. Um, we learn a lot by doing that. You guys learn a lot by doing that. So, I mean, always feel free to send us stuff. Find some folks who will be honest with you. And if somebody sends you their stuff, this is my advice. If somebody sends you their stuff to look at, watch it. And if you find things that you can critique, critique them. And also try to offer like solutions or what you think they could do to maybe resolve that problem. Um, I try pretty hard when I'm, when I'm giving feedback to like go, well, you could improve here, 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 here's some things that I see that maybe you could do differently and then try to like kind of offer or talk about how I might do that differently or how I could see that you could do that differently. So then it isn't just like, Hey, this is wrong. I didn't this like this. Is, yeah. I didn't like this. I didn't like this. Do with it. Do with that information what you will. Like try to provide constructive criticism. Also, if if you send the same, like, if you send all your stuff to the same person, and you never get anything positive back from that person, probably not the best person to be sending your stuff to either. Yeah. Like, you 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 got to find that person that is going to tell you when you're doing something good, but then also offer feedback where the feedback is needed. Like, yeah. there's stuff. I'll come in. I'll ask you guys to come in. I'm like, look, between this point and this point, it absolutely sucks. I know it needs work. I'm having problems with everything else around it. Like, this hunt, evening number four, I know evening four sucks. I haven't gotten that far yet. It's just a placeholder right now. I need help with everything else. So, finding that person that's going to be honest positively and negatively is a good thing. Yeah. If you're providing feedback to somebody, be honest with them. Tell them what needs or you think could use improvement. Give them some ways that they could improve, like give them some tips, some advice, some tricks or whatever. Um, You know, and always throw in some stuff that you like. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think that's just good, like feedback etiquette. Because, I mean, I... And if you're getting feedback, if you send something for feedback, also be open to the fact that, you know, you're going to get some constructive criticism that somebody may say, hey, I don't like this shot or I don't like this, that or the other. Don't take it personally. Take it as kind of a learning experience and be able to kind of separate, separate kind of your feelings from the work for a little bit so that you can take that criticism and be constructive with it, you know, because if you get offended and really defensive about it, then you kind of defeat the whole purpose of the feedback. And I know sometimes, like, sometimes it, it it's tough to ask for feedback because you put a lot of work, you put a lot of time, you put a lot of emotion into a piece. And, like, it takes a lot of courage to send that to somebody and be like, hey, do you like it? Because maybe they won't. And as a creative, like, we want people to like our stuff. And it kind of sucks when somebody's like, ah, I don't like it. It needs this, that, or the other. But... Ultimately, at the end of the day, all that's going to do is make that piece stronger. So, 
That's kind of my take on it. Um, Caleb wanted to talk a little bit about he's still producing. Caleb never stops producing. He's literally not here. He's in the YouTube live producing the podcast from the comment section of the YouTube live. <laughs> so, you know, if you guys want to know what it takes to run a production company. Clearly there's no trust in us. Always produce. Always produce everything ever. Even if you can't be there. <laughs> um, getting going on edits after a long season is the hardest. Yeah, it's hard to switch from shooting to editing mode. Your brain just kind of has to switch gears. And that there's no real good way to like explain why that is or anything. Um, I like to jump into photos first. Yeah, I like to jump into photos. And my what I do is I literally just edit. I, I do what I've kind of said before is is I force myself to lay down cuts. If I sit there and him and hop and wait for like creativity to strike me or insp- inspiration to strike me, I I'll end up like not doing anything. So I force myself to just get started, pick a song, put clips there, and sometimes it just like just works out. And the edit will start coming together, and then boom, you're you're off to the races. But and it may take a couple of days. It may take a few days. Um, I know there's like a little bit of muscle memory that you have to like get back using the program and messing with Premiere is always very exciting. So, you know, you got to like get in the right mental state to deal with Premiere's bullcrap. Um, if I have nothing like pressing that needs to get out, I try to start with photos first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will try to start with the shortest video I can that needs to be done. Like if we have mm-hmm. to do like a one minute teaser for something, I'll try to start with that. Yeah. Or if there's a Spy Point episode or a Habit episode or something that we know is only going to be like five to nine minutes, usually those trips are shorter because we're not needing 25 minutes worth of content. I like to try to go through those as well. Just that way it's not like awesome, first edit back, 22-minute show. Let's not yeah. get out of the park. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you do have to do something like start with a scene that excites you. Yes. Start with something that you're excited to like work on. Yeah, go right to the kill. Yeah, go right to anything that's exciting or that you already have like an idea or already have some like creative juices flowing for, and then you'll just get right into it. Yep. And if you don't, just start. So, um, I mean, do you have anything to add to that? I do not. The Instagram live is not very comment worthy tonight. Stead, Stead over there. Yeah, we get two viewers. Yeah, the YouTube's dropping off. I talk too much. I'm sorry, guys. Hopefully there is some little tidbits of information in there that are useful to y'all. I'll just kind of sum up, I guess, what we talked about. Uh, We talked about ways to spark creativity. Um, The main ways for a lot of us is consuming a lot of content, consuming it thoughtfully and being analytical about it, um, and trying to consume a variety of different kinds of content from all kinds of sources and all kinds of industries and all kinds of genres, Um, working with other people, collaborating, um, music, uh, whether it be just listening to music or um, finding the creativity and the royalty-free songs that you're going to use for your edit, Um, you know, finding books that you read that you enjoy or that talk about editing or talk about photography or whatever, Um, literally just editing or just going out and shooting. Uh, And then, you know, we talked a little bit about 
ways to get over, especially editor's block. And the main ways are literally just editing, walking away from it, and getting input from other people. Uh, so if that is all, I think we will end the podcast. We'll stick around for five minutes on the lives, give you all a little extra bonus content for everybody who stayed through all of my rambling. Um, and as always, you can find us on Instagram uh, at the Redneck Tech Podcast. Is it at the Redneck Tech Podcast? I think it's just Redneck Yeah, Tech. at Redneck Tech Podcast, uh, at Cope Creative to see more of the work that we are putting out into the world. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Ryer underscore Porter. Clay, what's your gram? Uh, it is Clay Currington, C-O-U-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. And uh, as always, stay frosty, my friends. That's I literally have never said that before. Wow. <laughs> uh, but y'all have a good one. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.